Right. And so that's why one of our core values inside of the in the room is both and, right? Like we believe in both and. Like, of course, it's so helpful to have mom friends with kids the same age as yours. So you can all band together and let your children run them up. Like there's a ton of value in that. But there's also a lot of value in being like, you know, we might be 20 years apart in age and have totally different careers, but our desire to, you know, really change the world in this way is what brings us together. And there's value in those relationships too. So it's never an either or in my world. It's always a bold dance. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast. I'm so excited to have our guest here today, Ms. Ryan Dowdy, and I cannot wait to have a conversation with her because everything that I've seen online that you post, everything that you do and how you show up and support women is just so inspirational to me. So Ryan, welcome. I'm excited to have you here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I want to read a little bit about you and who you are. And because I just think it's so incredible. So Ryan Dowdy did everything right in her life. She had her dream job, her six plus figure salary, family and a nice home and still felt unfulfilled. I can relate. She realized she was chasing a dream that wasn't hers. And as an expert in sales, she created a Facebook community of over 7,000 women looking to follow their dreams of starting a profitable business. Women joined her sales training program, not only for the incredible knowledge and results Ryan brought to the table, but for the amazing community of women Ryan had created. As she found more success on her journey, she still felt alone. She herself did not have a community to come as the truest version of herself. Today, Ryan's mission is to create a safe space for women to come together and be fearlessly themselves. Because when women connect, work together, and harness our power into one common mission, we will be invincible. I love it. Thank That's you. the time is this. The best yeah. time of all for women to really come together and connect and um, and support one another. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. So it sounds like you started off in a very similar position to a lot of people. You did all the things right. Yeah. You did. And we were talking about this a little bit before we jumped on here live and you were sharing the, you know, when we plan our lives and when we map it out and we do all the things, that's not actually fulfillment. Right. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I think for me, it's, you know, you know, the whole story is I did everything right in life. I, I did what society says we should do. You know, I went to college, I got a degree, you know, I got a job, I climbed the ladder, I got married, I bought a house, I had babies, I climbed the ladder some more, I got a master's degree. Like, for me, it's just like walking through those steps, we are meant to believe that that will create happiness or fulfillment or joy or whatever that word is for you. But for me, it's, that's not really it, right? Those are tools, those are steps that create success on paper. But for so many of us, they don't take into account what we want, uh, what lights us up, what we're excited about, what part, and again, there's some parts of it that I would absolutely positively always do, right? Uh, but there's other parts that, uh, you know, I would not, but I'm like, oh, that was a, like, like my MBA. And I was like, oh, that was not a good decision. 
or, you know, so it's just, I think we, for me, it's really more about checking boxes than actually designing a life intentionally. That's the difference in my opinion. I think that is a perfect way to say it. A lot of us check the boxes because Mm -hmm. it's what the outside world expects of us. And we play into those expectations only to find out if they weren't our own desires, then those expectations fall short of actually helping us feel fulfilled and happy in life. Exactly. Yeah. So then you created this this community of 7,000 women and Mm -hmm. they all felt connected. They all felt like they had a community. And then you realized you didn't have that for yourself. Yeah. So what happened? um, So I, I had a business. And then I wound up starting a second business in partnership with a partner. And I created these two communities um, and or was part of two communities. But one, I was the thought leader, right? Like in my community of um, women that I supported, like I was the one that was supposed to have my stuff together, right? Like I was the one that they were like, okay, cool. You're going to tell us how to do this. And so it felt really disingenuous to be like, I actually have no idea what I'm doing with my life, right? Um, and then in the other group that I was a part of, that wound up being really the ideal client for uh, my second business, which was a sales training business where we worked with seven and eight figure CEOs. And so then, you know, again, you don't want to fall apart in those spaces. Like there was really nowhere to go where I had, you know, I felt safe to talk about the things that didn't feel good, the, the things that weren't going well. Um, my second business was done in partner with a business partner, and there was a huge values misalignment there. And I went through what I've been calling a really nasty business divorce. And, um, but, you know, where do you go to talk about those things? You don't want to play those on the internet, right? That's not a public conversation that you want to have. So where do you go to do that safely where it's not like, well, these people view me as the thought leader or these people, you know, I'm a service provider to them. And so for me, it really was like, okay, where do I go to put down? I sometimes call it like the, the bag of rocks. Like I feel like as women, sometimes we walk around carrying like a backpack full of rocks. And I felt like there was really like nowhere I could put that down um, and be honest. That wasn't a place that was going to impact me financially. It wasn't going to impact my business by really showing up as all of me. Right. It's interesting. I had that realization um, a couple of years ago before I, I found a mastermind in a group of women that really mm-hmm. I connected with. And, and it, I realized I was always on one side of a power dynamic that didn't let me show up mm-hmm. as me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like either I was the one coaching or I was the one being coached, but I wasn't in a group of equals. Yes. And that never felt like exactly what you said, where, where I, I wasn't able to just be me and kind of let things admit, like, I don't always know what I'm doing, or I don't know how to figure this out, or I want to set my rocks down here, because I need some support, instead of always feeling like I needed to be the one supporting others. Yes, 100%. And that's, that's very much where I felt like I was, I was the support, I was supposed to be the one that knew what was going on. And there were times when I didn't, and I just didn't have that safe space to do that. And I do what I always do when I feel when I start to feel things, I start to talk to people, and I started talking to, to women and they was, it was all a very similar dynamic where in online entrepreneur land, you know, we're taught to become thought leaders and to elevate our celebrity and to do things like podcast interviews. So you appear to be an authority. And, and while those things are amazing for business and, and they're necessary to grow a business, they, they then create that chasm where you're like, where do, where do I go to put this down? Right. Where do I go to get what I need? Where do I go to fill my cup? Because when you're always filling others, when you're always showing up and holding space for others, you need somebody to hold that for you. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. So what do you feel like women are typically missing when it comes to community? Right. Um, I think it's it's a place where there is a psychographic in common and not just a demographic. 
right? So often we wind up in groups because we're moms or because we're business owners or you play in the health space, right? Like, okay, you're in the health arena. We put you in this bucket, right? We wind up in buckets so often or in groups, you know, oh, we all go to the same church or we all go do this thing, right? The common denominator is often a demographic, right? What I feel like we're missing is the common denominator is the psychographic, you know, and what I mean by that is, at least for us and be in the room, we always say we're women, a movement of women of action who rebel against the status quo. So our shared dynamic is like we question everything. Why are we doing the things? Are we living the life that we want to? Are we being true to ourselves? That's our psychographic. So you could be a stay at home mom. You can be an entrepreneur. You can have a job. You can make a million dollars. You can make five dollars. You can live in Kansas City, Missouri, or you can live in, you know, the UK. I don't care. It's that shared. It's that shared desire to build a life of success on your own terms. So to me, that's where I think the opportunity is, is instead of being like, these other people are like me because we're in a similar life phase, or they're like me because our kids are in the same age, or they're like me because we live in the same neighborhood. No, they're like me because we believe the same thing that we share values. And those two situations are very different. Very different. I've said for a long time now, because, you know, a lot of people as business owners, especially in this day and age, we use social media to operate our businesses, right? And a lot of times my clients are like, oh, I'm just so sick of social media. I have a love-hate relationship with it. And I said, well, here's the thing. We used to be subject to proximity for our relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Like, to your point, you were friends with somebody because they lived in your backyard or, well, not right. backyard, but like, you know, they, they yeah. were your next door neighbor or your kids went to school together. And now we have this opportunity to really explore a true connection with people who have similar interests and values all over the world. Like you can be right. in Germany and we can connect because it's so easy via social media to make that happen versus just being subject because of proximity, right? And the relationships that you're in. And you want to know it's so wild. I have this memory so clearly in college. I dated a guy who was like 10 years older than me. And at the time, like, I thought that was really cool. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh, what was he doing? But anyway, <laughs> I remember him once telling me because I had roommates and my roommates were my best friends. And he was not a fan of my roommates. My roommates were not a fan of him because he was, you know, 30 something year old man dating me. But anyway, I remember him telling me, like, these are friendships of convenience, right? Like, these are just the girls that the school randomly put you together with. Like, you didn't choose these women. Like, remember that. And it's so funny how life comes full circle, what, 20 years later, here we are. And I'm like, that's what he meant, right? Was this idea of, yeah, these are just the people that the school put you in a room with, not people that you chose because of a shared value system or, you know, shared goals or shared, you know, any of those things. It was just, Cool. We all live on the same floor in the dorms. It was a shared common experience. Yeah. But not necessarily anything above and beyond that. Exactly. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's value there as well. Of course. Right. But, but obviously acknowledging that it may not be what you would have chosen otherwise if you weren't assigned a dorm room together. Right. And so that's why one of our core values inside of be in the room is both and, right? Like we believe in both and. Like, of course, it's so helpful to have mom friends with kids the same age as yours. So you can all band together and let your children run them up. Like there's a ton of value in that, but there's also a lot of value in being like, you know, we might be 20 years apart in age and have totally different careers, but our desire to, you know, really change the world in this way is what brings us together. And there's value in those relationships too. So it's never an either or in my world. It's always a both hands. Oh, I like that. Take a stand for the end. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, right. Good stuff. And I think that's really helpful, especially for women to hear. It doesn't have to be either or. No. Right. And there is so much power in taking a stand for the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you are like me, a a sales 
might I say, sales guru, like it, it's definitely one of your specialties. Sure. And I know that you really believe in the power of relationships. And to me, that's what I love to emphasize. I mean, it's, there's two types of sales, I believe, transactional and relational. Yep. And especially in the work we do as entrepreneurs, it's all about relationships. So, and I know you have corporate sales background, like, like me, tell me about what those relationships mean to you in, in terms of sales. Sure. Absolutely. So it's, it's so interesting. So yeah, I spent 15 years in corporate sales. My first couple of businesses were in teaching sales, right? And I started my business by like doing what all of like the OG online entrepreneurs were doing, right? So it's about building an email list, building a freebie, you know, blogging, podcasting, all this stuff, right? I did all of those things. Like that's my whole story. Um, I always say like I was a sales coach and it took me eight months to get my first client. And it was because I did all of those things. And those things are in, are all one-way communication, right? It's like standing here with your megaphone yelling at people. Mm-hmm. And when you have been in business for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and you have a huge audience, you can just stand there with your megaphone and yell and people hear you and they love you and they trust you and they'll buy your stuff. But beginning your business, um, it, there people aren't going, they, they don't, you're like the weirdo on the corner yelling at your megaphone. Like they don't know you. They have no reason to trust you or listen to you as you yell into your megaphone. So I realized that I was like, oh, like I have abandoned everything that I know about sales, which is go out, talk to people, build relationships and solve problems that way. So I see everything in business and in life really about relationships. And, and just like in sales, like you said, there's relational sales and there's transactional sales. It's the same thing in relationships. Right. There's some people you meet in business that like you might not want to go grab a cup of coffee with, but like it's totally cool to have a business relationship. So to me, I always say that every single person that we meet serves a purpose in our journey somehow. Right. They maybe they become a friend. Maybe they become a client. Maybe they become a referral partner. Maybe they become a collaboration partner doing something we're doing here. You know, me being on your podcast Um, or maybe there's somebody who teaches you a lesson or connects you to somebody new. So for me, I'm always open to how can I serve this person? But I don't get really caught up in like, okay, well, you know, this person goes here. It's just, no, every relationship, every person that we meet um, is is there to teach us something, show us something, or bring us to our next opportunity. And so that's how I view relationship building. And that's why it's become such an important part of my business. And I will tell you in 2021, I got away from it, which is, I think, part of why I wound up just so unfulfilled in that business. And I wound up in like my ivory tower running a business. And I stopped talking to people. I stopped connecting. I stopped really pouring into those relationships which is what, you know, left me alone and overwhelmed and burnt out. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. I think that's such a, you made so many good points there. I I had a similar journey where I realized I was at a point where I was not actually focused on the relationships. I was focused, I, I was kind of talking at people and not to them. And I was like, I can help you. I can help you. I can help you. I can help you. 
Well, was I taking time to understand why they might want my help, why they might need my help? What are opportunities that actually exist if I actually have a conversation and build a relationship with them and let the opportunity present itself versus me just always assuming I can help? And it's a, it, it is a really uncomfortable, lonely place to be because I got to a point where I was like, I don't like sales anymore. Right. And that wasn't the truth. The truth was sales to me is about building relationships with people and helping them solve their problems. I wasn't building relationships anymore. Right. And I think that's why where so many people get caught up in sales. And what I see with women is a lot, oftentimes women don't like being sold to. And that is because so many people sell without, like sell to them without permission, right? Which it kind of sounds like maybe that's a little bit what you were saying. So that was always like rule number one is like, we don't ever sell to anybody until we have permission, right? Like there's nobody should ever be surprised to wind up in a sales situation. Uh, And it happens a lot online, right? Like we all have inboxes full of um, cold, pitches. And I want to be clear, I think there's a difference between cold outreach and cold connection and a cold pitch, right? And a cold pitch is exactly what you just described. Buy my thing. And I'm like, dude, you don't know anything about me. You don't know if I have the problem that you solve. You don't know if I'm going to get good results. You don't, you don't know anything about me. Like to me, that is a cold pitch. A cold connection might be, hey, I noticed we have these things in common, or I saw this thing about you and I thought maybe, right? And to me, there's a huge difference. The person who assumes, right? Like there's somebody in my LinkedIn inbox right now who is telling me about all their, their technology. And they're like, how can you connect me to the person who handles your technology? And I'm like, dude, like I run an online community for women. I have a team of three. Like we don't have any technology needs, right? But the fact that it wasn't like, hey, I noticed about your business. We find businesses in your industry seem to struggle with technology. Is this a problem you're having? So to me, that's the difference between like the cold pitch. I assume I know something about you. And the cold connection, which is, hey, I see some things about you that maybe might possibly have an opportunity to serve you. And those those two things are such a huge difference for so many people. Yes. Thank you for making that distinction because, it. I mean, as a sales coach, mm-hmm. I feel like that is, people are always like, the cold DMs. And I'm like, well, what, what kind, is it a cold pitch or is right. it a cold connection outreach to get to know the person? And there is a very big difference. It's okay to want to connect with somebody that you've maybe never talked to before. Right. But if you're reaching out and you're just like, I have, I have a couple in my inbox right now where I read one the other day and she was like, we help people get to their first 10 K months. And I was like, well, do you know me? Did you look right. at anything that I've done? Like that? I don't know. I mean, like you're just making an assumption, right? There's no relationship there. And, right. and that, that to me, you know, to your point, what sales is, is it's earning the right to make a recommendation. Amen. Right. Build a relationship. Sure. With me. Get to know me. What opportunity might there be? And if you're just making an assumption, that to me is just a cold pitch and you don't really know me and there's not much there for us to go on. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think and, and I, I hear that so much. Like, I don't I don't want to because because, again, it's done so poorly so often. And it's also like taking no for an answer too, right? Like when somebody says no, thank you, you know, hey, thank you. Like my response when somebody tells me no, it's hey, thank you so much for letting me know. That's exactly what I say. Thanks for letting me know. Hope we can stay connected. If there's ever anything yeah. I can do to support you, let me know. Exactly. Uh, but it's like when you, you know, the, that's where sales starts to feel yucky. And that's what people see as the example, you know, Nicole of sales. And they're like, I don't want to do that. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Again, there, there's a both and there's a way to connect with strangers and focus on relationships. Right. Well, and I want to go back to something you said earlier, because you said, you know, if you're an established business owner, you can kind of shout from your megaphone and, and yeah. people will buy because you've established the know, like, and trust factor. People know who you are and you are an established expert, right? In yeah. many ways. But when you're new, and I want my audience to hear this because I work with a lot of people who are new and starting their business, you've got to put in the time to plant the seeds and build the relationship. Yeah. And you can't just 
expect overnight. I mean, it might happen. You, you, some people get clients overnight because somebody sees a post or whatever. But I have yeah. so many people come to me and they're like, I put up a post and it had a call to action and nobody bought from me. Like, well, have you been talking to people or just talking right. at them? Are you focused on building relationships and uncovering opportunities? And I just think that's such a valuable point that you make when you're new. You know, and I heard you say you checked all the boxes, right? Yeah. As, as many people do. Oh, I, I built the email list and I created the website and I created the Facebook group. And I and I see so many people doing all these things. And then they're like, but I don't have any clients. Are you connecting with people? Are you right. building relationships? Are you just checking all the boxes that you think an entrepreneur is supposed to do at the beginning of their business? Right. And there's a very big difference between, again, it, it's at the beginning, you have to take the time to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And I like say the seeds you plant today may not bear the fruit today, but they will still bear fruit. Of course. But you've got to be willing to plant those seeds and make those connections. And you can't just plant the seeds. You have to nurture the seeds. Yeah. So that's, you know, one of the biggest things that I would see is people, you know, that more leads, right? More leads, more leads, more leads, more leads. And it's like, are you nurturing the seeds you already planted, right? The number of people who have DM'd me on social media once and once only is alarming, yep. right? And sometimes, and I'm typically the type that if I'm not interested, I will tell you, my inbox is crazy town. I, I run a business on social media. On any given day, I might send and receive 50 messages on social media. But so many people, they reach out once and they go away. Um, or they reach out once and I never hear from them again. Or they reach out and they haven't interacted with me in any other way. Like there's the entire nurture process. The data now says that it can take 30 to 50 times to get somebody's attention. They have to see you that many times to get their attention. And so we like comment on one social media post, we send one DM and we're like, well, I tried to reach out to that person. I never heard back from them. It's my favorite. It didn't work. Yeah. I tell my clients when I was teaching sales, I was like, you were not allowed to tell me you got ghosted. They're like, I got ghosted. And I'm like, no, just remove those words from your vocabulary. Um, stop saying them. One, they make you feel like crap. And two, you, you reached out twice. You didn't get ghosted. You gave up. Right. Right. Well, and I love the updated research now, 30 to 50. I would say is probably way, I mean, they used to say, well, like 12 to 15 touch points before somebody's ready to buy. We live in a noisy world. It is a very different reality now. And the the amount of time you have to to, to actually grab somebody's attention is very limited. Yep. And you have to pack a punch when you do actually have something to say. And that's a big piece of, of what I teach my clients is, you know, you made a really great point. Are you just going out there trying to wrangle more people and bring more people into your world? What are you doing with the ones you've already brought in? Yep. Right. You can put so much time and energy into bringing more people and bringing more people and bringing more people in. But it's it's like it's not going to do you any good unless you're converting the people that you've already brought in. So make use of what you've all the seeds you've already planted. Nurture them. Yeah. Allow them to gestate and turn into what they're going to turn into because you actually care about the people. They're not just commodities to you because you're like, well, I just need more people. Right. I hear people say that my clients say that all the time. They're like, I just need to get in front of more people. Yes. And. Right. I'm never going to deny that as a business owner, it is our responsibility to always be doing lead gen and bringing new people into our world that can benefit from what we do. And what are you doing with the ones you've already brought in? Are you acting like you care about them? Are you acting like they're commodities? And if they didn't say yes right away, they're not important to you. I always say that in sales, like the relationship starts at no. Yeah. The relationship starts at no. And I remember it was years ago, like my pastor at church once said that about relationships. It was like, you're not even really in a relationship with somebody until you have your first fight. <laughs> like until you figure out like how you fight, how do you react? You're mad, sad, your feelings are hurt. You feel on the defensive, right? Like that's when you know you're really in a relationship with somebody. I always say like in sales, it's a, it's a real relationship. It's, it's how you handle no. 
Because again, the number of times that I have said no to someone and then like either A, they tried to tell me why my no was wrong or B, I said no and then never heard from them again. And so for me, it's exactly what you said. I tell people, you know, no all the time. You know, and, and it's like, hey, cool. Or they tell me no all the time. And I say, hey, cool. Thank you so much for letting me know. Again, exactly what you said. My door's always open. If you ever need anything from me, let me know. Because that then shows that person that I'm a real human and I'm not just here to treat you like a commodity. Like that's where the relationship begins. Like, cool, you're not going to buy anything from me today, but hey, you should come hang out my Facebook group. Or, oh, you're not ready to, you know, do this, this, or this, but you should absolutely make sure that you um, listen to our podcast, right? Like there's a lot of ways to build a relationship past that, but so many people get that no and they go into like fight, flight, or freeze and they're like, oh my gosh, we wouldn't know and we think we're going to die and get eaten by a tiger. And, you know, I, and it's very normal. I, I, I know that I'm joking and that's a very normal reaction to reaction uh, to rejection. I always say it's like a physiological response or something you can do about it, but um, it's how we handle that no is really going to set the tone for whether or not that person's ever going to buy anything from you ever. Right. I love that. And I, I used to do a challenge called go for no. Yes. And uh, because I had a client a couple of years ago and she was like, nobody wants to buy anything. And I was like, well, who'd you reach out to? And she was like, I reached out to a bunch of people and, and nobody wanted it. And I said, what were their names? And she kind of sat there and looked at me because I knew she hadn't reached out to anybody. Right. And I said, you didn't actually reach out to anybody. She goes, well, they all would have said no. I said, oh, so it sounds easy for you. She goes, well, yeah. I said, great. Go get 10 of them before we meet next week. And she was like, what? I was like, well, you, am I right or wrong? You just told me that's the easiest thing for you to do. And she goes, well, yeah. I said, great, go get 10. That's your only assignment. And she came back. And of course, the next week she had some yeses and I'll join your Facebook group and I'll sign up for a call. And like, if we just go for the no, I love that you said that's where the relationship starts. Yeah. They're not going to want to buy from you on the first time, but give them the opportunity to get to know you, give them some free value, serve them, nurture them and allow the relationship to grow. Absolutely. So something else I want to touch on real quick is um, this idea of masculine and, and feminine. And I know you had a really powerful post that you put up a couple of days ago, and it just spoke to me because you had done a VIP intensive with a private client and mm-hmm. her idea of the feminine energy was it's all BS and people just sit around and meditate their way to success. And it's not the way you get things done. You've got to do. Right. And I think that that is where we all as women, especially get into this grind and this hustle and it burns us out. And then we end up quitting what we really said that we loved so much because we drove it into the ground. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> right. Been there. That was my experience in so many ways. Like, shoot. Right. And, and if you don't catch it, if you don't see it as a pattern, if it's not brought to your awareness, it's like wherever you go, there you are. You know, I saw myself doing it again as an entrepreneur, the same yep. way I did it when I was in corporate sales, the same mm-hmm. way I did it when I was a high school teacher. It's like, well, there's the pattern. Yep. Right. So what is, what is your, t- how do you describe the difference between masculine and feminine energy? Cause I agree with you. We need both. Yep. But I think people go really hard on one side Yep. or the other. I agree wholeheartedly. So for me, my understanding, and so this is all, this is like my disclaimer. I am such a new student to this, right? I am pissed that nobody ever talked to me about mindset in my corporate career. But once I finally left and became an entrepreneur and I started to learn about mindset and the power of our thoughts and the power of our brains and, you know, the, the neuroscience behind uh, our brains and the power that our brains have, right? I'm all, I was new to that and I've been really new to, to understanding energy and, and masculine versus uh, feminine energy. And to me, masculine energy is that, that get stuff done energy. And it's not a bad thing, right? Sometimes we vilify masculine energy, but it is, does tend to be a very forceful energy. It, t- it tends to be a, a, a more like, let's go get it done type of energy, right? It's a, let's make things happen. 
you know, it, it really is a very intentional energy of action taking. And again, it's important. Like I, I, I do believe that it is a both and, but exactly what you described, when you live in that force energy, that's what leads to burnout for so many of us, right? Um, and then to me, the feminine energy is, it is the flow. It is the creativity. It is the grace. It is the intuition. It is more about receiving and more about allowing and making space for things. And I think when we say words like ease, flow, grace, receive, allow, that the picture that comes to mind is like somebody sitting on a meditation pillow, like, medit- like you know, yeah, meditating and like calling <laughs> in money. And yes. to me, it's, it's operating from that energy, not sitting in that energy. Because when you are in, when you are allowing things to happen and you're open to opportunities and you're trusting your intuition and you're thinking like, oh, there's a reason that Nicole's face has popped into my face and or Nicole's face has popped into my brain three times in the past two days. I should reach out to her and see how she's doing. That's where the ease comes in, right? So it's not about not doing anything. It's the way that you are being because when you're operating from that open hearted energy, that is when like kind of the magic starts to happen and things appear serendipitous or that person you were just thinking about yesterday sends you a text message or, you know, that girlfriend of yours that you meant to text last night shows up on your Facebook newsfeed, right? Like that's where those things start to come together. But I think that the misconception is, is like forces, masculine energy is grind, grind, grind. And feminine energy is like, sit around and let it happen. And I think it's this beautiful combination of the two uh, that bring our dreams to life. Yeah, I love that. I had a, um, I, cause I'm like you, I'm, I'm on the journey. Masculine and feminist. I, I've operated in my masculine for so long in my life. It was what was modeled for me. It's what society really, you know, encourages and, and celebrates really like, did you do enough? Did you do enough? Did you do enough? Can you do more? And when I realized that that's not the only way to operate and, and that you actually need both, what how it was described to me and this really was a visual that that helped me is the masculine is like the glass and the feminine is like the water and the water is going to spill all over the place and not not do any good if it doesn't have the structure of the glass to hold it right and so the structure of the masculine is what allows us to be in the feminine energy that we need to be in and they're both required in order to make it work otherwise that water would never get to your mouth and you'd never be able to sip it if the glass didn't exist Ooh, I love that. That's a really good example. It helped me. And like I said, I'm still on the journey. There's, yeah. I still find myself all the time in the push and the, in the force because it is, it is so encouraged. And, and I had that realization like many people did at the beginning of the pandemic where I all of a sudden had all this time and I was like, I've got to go, I've got to go, I've got to push, I've got to do all this stuff. I've got all this extra time. And then I was like, have I done enough yet to rest? And then I was oh. like, oh, have I rested enough to right. work? <laughs> like, you never, that's never the question we ask, is it? We never ask that. We, we just see it as, what have I done enough in order to rest? Have I earned the right to rest? Well, have I earned the right to work? And that was an eye-opener for me. And I was like, and I still, listen, old habits die hard. Amen. I'm still in that very, very often. But, um, but you know, I think that that's really important, especially for us women to remember that um, that push is going to get us to that place of like not, it, 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 you said it in your post today, it's, it's the feelings that we have. We're energetic beings, right? Yes. So trust that guidance that your feelings are giving you. And if you're feeling like it's the force and the push, then you're probably out of alignment. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So where can people find out more about you? I know that you have an incredible community of women. We've talked about that and how mm-hmm. important it is to you. Where can they find more of you and connect with you? 
Yes, thank you uh, so much. So you can uh, visit our website at beintheroom.org. We have a Facebook group called Be In The Room. You can connect with me personally on social media. I'm at Ryan Dowdy Official on um, TikTok and Instagram. And it's Ryan with two N's Dowdy on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, I love to connect. I love people. Uh, so feel free to, to reach out and connect there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will make sure we put all that information in the show notes. So anybody who is listening to the show, definitely go to the show notes to be able to connect with Ryan and get in the room. That that's her big thing is women, you know, being in the room together. There's a, there's so much power there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. All right. Bye everybody. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthysteptswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.